Welcome to the Commercial Kitchen Chronicles, the podcast dedicated to commercial food equipment repair industry. My name is Pat Finley. I'm a lead master certified technician at General Parts Group and a certified Cefesa trainer. My goal is to shine a light on what I believe to be one of the most interesting and rewarding industries a field service technician can work in. I love the work I do, and I'm glad you're here listening to this podcast. In this episode, I talk with Dusty Ashford. And we are live. So what's going on, everybody? Today I have Dusty or Dustin. How do you like it? How you prefer? Uh, either way, Dusty is what uh, I guess most people who know me call me, but it's Dustin like at work. It's either one. <laughs> so I Dusty Ashford here. He lives in southern Indiana or are you in Kentucky? Uh, I'm in southern Indiana, Jacksonville. It's right over the bridge of uh, Louisville. So, yep, another Indiana boy on here. So I'll take all the Indiana guys I can find. So. Um, I found Dusty on uh, Instagram, I think. I think I stalked him on Facebook, too. But he uh, started off doing, what, refrigeration? And you worked your way into kitchens? Well, I actually started initially doing a HVAC, residential HVAC. And uh, then I came on to the company I'm at now to do commercial uh, HVAC and refrigeration. And then uh, we had an opening. They were kind of growing on their kitchen equipment side. And uh, they had more work than guys, you know, which is a good thing. So they kind of came to me and asked me if I wanted to learn it and get into it. And uh, pretty much said, sure, why not? And been doing it ever since then. So it's kind of like a, it, just an avenue that opened up. So I took it. That's cool. That's awesome, man. Good to hear. No. Um, it's uh, it's definitely a growing, a growing field. Um, like I said before, mm-hmm. most of the guys are aging out. So most of the guys I work with are – late fifties, early sixties. Um, and they're aging out, you know, they can't do the stuff we do. They don't want to climb on the ground. They don't want to climb in the attics. They don't want to get on the roofs. And, um, it's definitely going to be a young man's game. So I'm trying just to push it out there, what we do and promote it as best we can. I mean, it's a cool industry. I have a lot of fun doing it. I mean, a lot of cool people, you know, the Instagram thing, I just kind of started up. Cause like I said, in the past is, you know, I was following other guys. I was like, man, there's no one really showcases what we do. So, always glad to see guys like you putting some stuff on there and there's a couple other guys that are starting to put some pretty good content out there so but no i just want to have you on and, and i think that's how i yeah and that, that's how i found your instagram account i think it, it was under the commercial kitchen chronicles and i was looking at your stuff i was like hey man i do this stuff too and it was the only instagram account that i'd seen that was posting you know kitchen equipment because everyone else does hvac in the refrigeration but you never see anything specific and i think i shot you a dm i was like yo man i do this too and then I was probably like, I need some help. <laughs> help oh, yeah. I'll do I'll help anybody out, man. There's enough work out there to keep everybody busy. There's no reason to fight or anything over work. I mean, there's I mean, we're telling people three weeks out for good customers, unless it's our top tier customers, then we kinda of move some stuff around. But we're telling people to call in that don't use this regularly to take three weeks out. Um, there's some companies that if you haven't done work with them in the last six months, they won't service you. Um, it's it's pretty crazy. Yeah. We tell them three weeks out. Must they prove overtime? If they prove overtime, the overtime guy gets hammered, and it happens every freaking day. Oh, oh yeah, and that's kind of uh, I, I've noticed that too. You know, it's when it comes in, especially that kitchen stuff. Um, when it comes in, man, it comes in, and it's usually a weekend, and it, you're hard pressed telling a customer you can't, can't get there today. Uh, most of them will prove the overtime, but sometimes you know they just gotta wait a couple of days or move some stuff around and. I've been, I've actually, since I started doing this, my hours have gotten a whole lot longer, which is good, which I like, but it's, uh, I mean, you know, those fryer calls, oven calls, uh, skillet calls coming at 4.30, you know, even if I'm not on call, I usually try to take them just to 
put my hands on more stuff. Um, but it's it's definitely an in-demand field. And like you said, there's not a whole lot of people who even, I didn't even know about it really before mm-hmm. I started doing it. I'd seen stuff in kitchens, but I, it never clicked with me, like who works on that, who does that, until we started doing it. And I was like, man, this is an industry I didn't even know of. So That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. So are you guys now a Cefesta company or are you just doing Cefesta training right now? No, we are a Cefesta company. We, I think, as of July, I think, is when we applied. Uh, I think we applied in early July and then got approved in July as well. Um, and then because i think when i went to the training at the headquarters we had been we had just got like our plaque and our certification and all that stuff in the office so that's cool have you seen any of the books yet for the electrical refrigeration the steam or gas books yet where you take the test have you seen any of those yet i I do i actually they just they just got the um or i just got the electrical uh handbook manual so i've started reading that and flipping through that and uh that's the first certification test i'm going to take um so i've been reading that one and i think once i do that one we'll do the gas one and then kind of grow from there yeah it's cool man it's a it's a lot of people don't know what fessa is and it stands for the commercial food equipment services agency no association sorry see there i butchered it um (laughs) it's just like um, a body you can join that helps you know promote best practices and it links everybody together with manufacturers and stuff like that um they said their big convention last week was it last week yeah it was last week um, down in Nashville at the Omni, and it was cool. Um, me as a technician, I trained for them as well, but I trained for duration. But as a technician, it's it's it was cool to see. It doesn't really affect me. The convention does, but um, it was just it was neat to see because there's a lot of like business side stuff. There's a lot of training side stuff that really doesn't affect me. It's like how can they change the training and make it more tech friendly or get more people involved? But I mean, it was a blast to see, and then of course I won that award. So no, yeah. That, that really made it a lot better, but uh, you gotta was, you gotta flex that one. You gotta let them know what award oh, you have. No, <laughs> no, that was nuts, man. I had no idea it was coming. What's up, Chris? Chris Stevens is uh in the live stream, so Chris is oh, a good nice. dude, man. He uh he's helped me out a bunch, and I love watching his videos. He's a smart guy, so make sure you guys is check that, him out. HVHCR videos. Yep, I always call him by his real name, and he probably gets mad at me for not promoting his his YouTube <laughs> channel name, but. <laughs> No, I, uh, no. I, when I started doing refrigeration, I watched uh, Chris's videos biblically, and I learned so much. I'm super descriptive, super informative. It's a good dude to follow. Yeah, he uh, I mean, he breaks it down. He tells you how it is. And the thing I have about Chris, if he makes a mistake, he admits it. He doesn't hide mm-hmm. it. He, he owns it. And I do the same thing. I don't want to come off super polished. I screw up. I mean, I'm no better than nobody else. I've just been doing it a while. Yeah. If, I, if I mess up, I'm going to tell you I mess up. I mean, I don't hide it. I mean – it is what it is. Nobody's perfect. And the day you think you're perfect, you're not. I mean, exactly. So yeah. Oh, What's yeah. up, Gregory? <laughs> Can you see the live stream on the uh, questions on your side? On you my know? side, I yeah. I don't Can think you... I can. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure how it came up. I've never done it. I've never been on the other side of this. So. He's oh, crazy. I think I, I can see the comments. I don't yep, know okay, that's comments. Okay. So, but no, Cefesa is a, it's a pretty cool organization. Um, they're trying to rebrand and do a little better stuff. Um, now, you being a new guy, I'd sign up for the Cefesa Care Scholarship. Um, you can okay. use that towards, like, outside training. You can use it towards inside training. Chris, not about promotional stuff. Um, you can use it towards, uh, like I said, if you want to go to trade school and learn how well, you can use it towards that. But it's pretty cool. They're doing two this fall. They're doing a $2,500 scholarship, and you can use it to whatever you want. And then they also have a $1,500 
bonus of client tools from all points. So okay. that's a lot of client tools, 1500 bucks. So make sure you guys sign up for that for you. I'm i uh, I'm gonna sign my trainee, my son up for it. Okay. And, uh, yeah. I, I think I saw that. Um, I saw the link for it. I, I never looked into it. I knew exactly what it was, but I saw that. It's pretty cool. And they don't do a really good job promoting it. I'm trying to help promote Sefesta a lot more because I mean, they've had like some of the, some of the, the scholarships have been like two or three guys. And like, if it's two guys, they were both just guaranteed to get it. And it was like, just a lot of people don't know about it. So <laughs> yeah. it's, it's crazy. I'm like, and that's why I kept telling everybody at the conference, like you guys need to do a better job promoting this and pushing this out, what you guys are. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's what, I mean, so Festa so in general, I think, you know, um, it, it's super cool. And like, especially going to the headquarters, uh, when I went, uh, I didn't expect it to be that nice and that in depth and that huge and like that big of a presence. Cause just because I hadn't really seen a whole lot of it, but I feel like there should be a bigger push to like promote that. Cause it's, it, it's something cool. And I think huge to be a part of, and it's, it's just, you know, guarantee and, uh, Dan Reese, you know, Dan, yeah. Uh, he was talking about like when Sofesta started and that's such a cool way to start a foundation organization. It's just pretty much tech based, you know, just to help yeah. us all get better. Yep. It, it's a, uh, they got, so they have four, they have four complete training rooms that have hoods and hookups. And then they have a, a like a training, like a, a classroom. And then they have that barn. Did you see the barn full of equipment out there? I did. We I had to, we pushed up a uh, I think it was a Blodgett oven out of there. We went and got it and pushed it in. Dude, it's, that thing is cram packed full of stuff, man. There's that full dishes in there. There's a uh, I saw there's a couple ice machines. Um, I yeah. thought I saw an evaporator, but I'm not sure exactly. Oh, there's all kinds of stuff. that hood. That hood they actually take that down for the install class and you rehang it and go through all the controls and hook it all up. If you do the install class. It's a, oh, it's wow. a pretty good setup. Um, it's a, they're getting ready to do, so I got refrigeration training coming up. Next week is NTT, and then there's mm-hmm. a break, and then um, there's a refrigeration, a basic refrigeration class coming up. And then after that is an ice machine class, which would be pretty cool to go to. I actually want to go to it. We don't do a ton of ice machines, so I don't really stay up to date mm-hmm. on it or current. So sometimes I kick my butt when I get a call just because I don't do it all the time. Yeah. So I actually want to try to go to that, but I doubt exactly. that happens. It'll be gone for like I'll be in town for a week. Uh, so I'll 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 be at the festival for a week. I'll be home for a week, and then have to turn around and go back. So I doubt they let me go. But I mean, it is yeah. what it is. I, I try to get all the training I can, and sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, I saw that the ice was because I'm kind of the same way. Um, I don't really do them a whole lot, so when I get to them, it's kind of always a learning curve. Um, but you know, any any information helps. And I think those are going to be like. I think it's manufacturer uh, training will be there. I think like uh, like Manitowoc people might be there. I know Scotsman crew might be there. So probably be yeah, a really good class. It's all uh, done by the manufacturers. So Sofesta just kind of organizes it and hosts it. So I think mm-hmm. Hoshi's there. I think Scotsman, Manitowoc. And I'm not sure. I think there's four there. there. I'd have to look and see exactly who's going to be there. But I know Hoshi was there last year in Manitowoc, Scotsman. So I'm not sure the last one is. But it's a, it's yeah. a pretty cool class. And it's in depth. So you spend a day with each manufacturer and then you guys rotate. So it's in a group. So that's, it's a pretty cool setting. Okay. Yeah. So Festa is kind of expensive there, Chris. Um, I'm not sure, especially you just doing refrigeration. It's kind of probably not really up your alley. I mean, they do a lot of training opportunities. It's cool. I mean, if you want to send someone to training, you can send them to training and you just have to pay a higher cost. But I mean, it's a lot of great opportunities, but you don't do hot side stuff and their main focus is hot side. A lot of it. So, it may not be as best suited for you, Chris. So 
You went to Sefesta for the electric gas steam water, right? Is that what it was? EGSW? Yes. Yep, the EGSW so, class. So what did you think about that? Um, I thought it was uh, I thought it was amazing, really. I, I didn't really know what to expect just because that was my first, um, I guess, time dipping into the Sefesta trainings. And I was trying to find, like, uh, examples on YouTube and stuff like that. So I was kind of going to a little blindly as to what to expect. And uh, I thought it was great. You know, each day, Dan kind of broke it down. started with electrical and went to gas and then water and then steam. <clears throat> but it was it was kind of a – it was really neat because it was – it covered the basic principles of each subject and also put it into field um, examples. So you would do your electrical class, and then you would go and actually – we actually would have boards that were wired up, and we'd have to wire it up, or they would be – there would be, you know – he would build, Dan would build service calls within these, these pieces of equipment to where we had to find it. And you would be using what you just learned on paper, but you would be using it hands on. So I was, I think that was huge. And I didn't really expect it to be that beneficial or that in depth. Um, and it actually helped me a ton to actually learn it in class. And I think he gave an example and I'm the same way, like in class learning, you only retain like about 10% of it, but in the field, it's more like, you know, 60 70 80 percent just because your hands are on it's more tactile um so i think that was huge super beneficial and just the confidence you get from working on equipment and being there and learning it from you know kind of a top tier top ranked technician and you know being around other people who are in your same shoes and you know if, if something's not clicking with someone there's someone else there that it may be clicking with and you have the camaraderie between everyone um, I thought it was great. I thought it was an excellent time. I'd highly recommend it to anyone getting into it or anyone interested in the field or uh, already been in it for a little bit. kind of needs more confidence boosted or just to make things make sense. So I thought it was, uh, it was a really good time. Yeah, that class is really designed for someone that has probably about six plus months experience in the field. And it just kind of helps mm -hmm. hone the skills and kind of focus them. So, so yeah. I teach refrigeration. And the problem with that was it used to be like 80% PowerPoint sitting in the classroom, like 20% hands-on. Yeah. They've realized over the years that the, the text learn better than hands-on. So I got brought in to try to bring it, you know, more hands-on. So we're down to about 60-40. And my goal is to be like 60% hands-on and 40% in the classroom. So I still got some more work to do, some more revamping to do. But it's getting there. And I need to get a hold of some manufacturers to get some pieces in that we can really, you know, cut apart, tear apart, and, you know, hey, you know, teach everyone how to braise or teach them how to basic it's, it's a basic class it's not a um, advanced class so i can't get too crazy but some of the stuff i make sure everyone can um make sure they know how to read gauges i bring in my uh field piece pros make sure show those off but i don't let them learn on that i make sure they can do gauges you know manual mm -hmm. temperature clamps that kind of stuff and then i show them both ways how to you know check superheat and subcooling and everything with analog and the you know the digital um, they have a walk-in box. It's kind of sucks. It's it's so small, and it's a push-around unit, but it cools down so fast. But you know, I'll jack up the superheat and, and make them guys set it and stuff. So they get some experience doing that. And then there's some uh, other mock-ups where it shows different kinds of valves and stuff to get to play with, and you can flip switches and turn different solenoids on, does different things. So there's a lot of different stuff up there. It's just trying to get trying to get to all of it and try to get used to it. It's what kills me because some of the stuff I'm like, what is this thing? I I don't have any idea what it is. <laughs> I got you. We actually have a um, we we have a guy going down there for that class that you're um, teaching in November. His name's uh, Jonathan. He's a cool, dude. Um, so you know, I told him to watch out for you and be careful. <laughs> and 
Yeah. <laughs> I like to have fun. I mean, I don't, like, I don't like to sit there and just preach to the guys and PowerPoint, PowerPoint, PowerPoint. I mean, that's pretty bad. Like some of the slides were like images like from the eighties. I'm like, it just yeah. doesn't need to be here. I mean, so I brought in the, the newer, the newer refrigerants, you know, I brought in some of that stuff that, you know, especially the R290, R600 type stuff. And um, I brought in, you know, I always bring in my, I bring in my uh, field piece vacuum pump and I bring in my, you know, my true blue hoses, one hose set up and then I'll we'll run a race. I mean, they've got a JV pump there and the manifold and I'll, you know, we have identical units and I'll just whip up on them with that one hose set up and that field piece pump. But I mean, it just shows the difference, you know, what it, what the different technologies and different tech, you know, techniques are anymore. It's just, that's what I'm trying to do. Bring it more modernized and make it streamlined. I mean, there's no sense in pulling through your manifold and, you know, wasting your time. If you can do it one hose, you can do it twice as fast. That means you're more productive. You're more valuable to your company. You're more valuable to your customers. So, I mean, I don't know why guys are so against it, but I mean, if it makes my job easier, I'm going to do it. Yeah, exactly. So how long have you been in HVAC industry? Uh, seven years. It'll actually be seven years next month. Um, so did you do a trade school or? I did not. I actually um, used to do like home automation and um, like smart home technology. Nice. And I, I was traveling a lot for that. I, we, uh, we lived in Seattle for a little bit, lived in Denver for a little bit, um, Indianapolis just for a short period of time. And it was just, I was always going to different offices, training different offices. Um, and it just, you know, there wasn't a, like a, like a solid home location. I was always going to end up traveling. So I just kind of, you know, we had our son and I think at the time he was, it was, he was two, he had just turned two. So I wanted something a little more stable. So I looked into the trades and I walked into a HVAC um, company that, you know, that I'd seen, they were advertising for hiring service technicians. I went in there and already had some tools and basic knowledge of electrical and stuff like that. And they brought me on as an apprentice, a helper. Uh, I did install for about a year and a half and I, I freaking hated it. So <laughs> I wanted to learn service as fast as I could, you know, and I, I, so then I started, you know, I bought books and watched YouTube videos, just learning how I could fix stuff as fast as I could. And um, then I started asking to be on, go on service calls and then became a service technician. I uh, did that for about five and a half years and then got into um, commercial, um, you know, just because I did uh, doing residential was, was good and it was fun, but, you know, I, I felt like I was kind of getting bored. It was kind of getting drummy for me personally. And I wanted to, you know, move on to, you know, bigger equipments. And, and, and I wanted to do refrigeration. That was the goal, too. So I moved from uh, residential, got into commercial. And uh, originally, we're just going to do commercial HVAC. And then started doing refrigeration. And then obviously, the kitchen equipment, when that avenue opened. And I've been doing... Uh, refrigeration kitchen equipment for about a year now altogether. So, but you know, HVAC, I think built a good foundation fundamentally, um, that was kind of made everything not easy. It's not easy by any means, but it actually, it, it helped kind of build on the blocks that I already had. Yeah. That, that automation probably helped you out a bunch cause you knew how to, you know, probably read diagrams, schematics and, you know, troubleshoot some stuff. So that probably was a huge help. I've yeah. never done residential. I mean, I've done some stuff in my house, but as far as duck work, anything like that, I, I can't do it, man. I, I My basement flooded, and I had to get a new furnace, and I paid someone to come in and hang yeah. the furnace and do my transitions and stuff. And then I, I you know, I ran the line set and stuff for my AC and did all that. But um, it's just it's not my cup of tea. I mean, 
I love watching those guys work. I mean, there's some great guys out there on you on uh, YouTube and Instagram. You know, Jeff, JDM, and Flynn, the stuff they do. I'm like, you guys are artists. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> makes me feel bad. Oh, yeah. Makes me want to learn a new trade. But I'm like, yeah, I don't want to start over. But it's I respect you know what these guys do. It's 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 an yeah. art for sure. So exactly, and that's and that's a thing too. Like uh, it's I did it for a year and a half, and you know I, I was kind of working alongside people who were. They weren't the, the Jeff Jadim and Flintstone and, you know, they, they weren't like those kind of guys. They were just kind of the installers just getting it done. Um, but, you know, ever since then, I started seeing those guys post stuff on Instagram. And I was like, man, how do you think of this stuff? Who thinks of that? Like, you know, like the, the and, and I think like the pro press actually helps a lot. I mean, that stuff makes it look a whole lot prettier. Um, you know, they're, and they're just doing big things, you know, and it's, and it's good to see that in that industry, too that there's not just guys throwing in pieces of equipment and then leaving, you know, there's guys who are taking pride in it and taking it serious and making it look good. So now it's putting pressure on all the other installers to do a better job. And I think that's a huge ripple in that market. Yeah. The good thing is their, their owner or their boss stands behind them and, you know, appreciates the fine work they do. So it goes to show that the right environment, the right people behind you, you can do, you can do a lot more things than just, slam stuff in there and it, it really shows so you're talking about the pro yeah. press so do you do any pro press stuff or anything or we do not um we have some guys uh that work uh for our company and they do a lot of the the installs and the big projects you know refrigeration hvc they'll pipe in chillers and stuff like that um we have a, a team of guys who handle that and i think they have a pro press um but you know i haven't i don't have one i haven't bought one and I don't do a whole lot of like install stuff in that avenue to necessitate it, but I mean, I, I think it's super cool. I see you, I see you post this stuff all the time, and it just looks super clean. Yeah, I do a little bit. Like when I have to pro press like waterline stuff, I've really gone. Um, unfortunately, I haven't pulled the trigger on buying one yet because like some of these places I install these combi ovens, you just it's it's a nightmare to get a burn permit. Like I almost got mm -hmm. thrown off a job one night. I didn't know I had to get a burn permit. I was at a hospital. And we were doing night installs on these combis, and we were doing it for like two weeks straight. We were down to the last set, and uh, the super showed up, and uh, I fired a torch. He goes, what are you doing? I said, I'm, you know, I'm sweating in these drains. He said, you got a burn permit? I was like, what's a burn permit? He looked at me all crazy. He's like, you haven't had a burn permit. You've been doing all these drains. I'm like, no, it's the last one. He's like, I thought you did these off-site and brought them in. I was like, how can I do them off-site and bring them in? I was like, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> so he's like, he's like, well, you better need a burn permit. And as soon as he turned his back, I lit the torch, dude. He turned around, grabbed a fire extinguisher, and I thought he was going to spray me. <laughs> That's, I learned real quick what a burn permit was. So, did uh, he let you finish it, or did you have to press uh, it? No, he, he took me down and got me a burn permit, but he was not happy yeah. about it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, man, we yeah. did this whole project. It was like ten ovens. We were on ovens nine and ten. I was like, man, I, like, I got like three joints to do. Just let me do it. <laughs> He's like, I can't believe you've been doing this. Well, 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 he was mad. I mean, I get it. It's a liability issue, but I I use the uh, RLS system, the rapid logging systems for the refrigerant systems a lot, mm -hmm. just because. We do a lot of schools and nursing homes and hospitals, and it's just the burn permit process can be a nightmare. Some some's all right, some are terrible. I've had a I had a a hospital, Children's Hospital in Indianapolis, where they uh, they wanted you to have two guys for four hours after the job was done. So by the time you got done with the job, not when you were done brazing, but when the job was complete, you still had to stay there for four hours with two guys. I was yeah. like, there's no way this manufacturer is going to pay for eight hours of labor on a Saturday for two guys. So. Yep. I cheat. Um, I will. I will brace stubs on my compressors outside and cap them mm -hmm. off, and then I'll come in and I'll cut the old compressor after I pull pull the refrigerant out, and uh, I just kind of match up my lines, and then I'll just 
using RLS fitting and tie it together. I mean, I've, I've had pretty good luck with them. I've only had one leak, and that was just because it was in a tight spot, and I didn't get it uh, set fully in, and it leaked, and it was what it was. I wasn't blaming them. It was me. Um, yeah. I shouldn't have done it, but I tried it anyways, and I ended up having to cut out a countertop and a bunch of other stuff and replace a line because of it. So live and learn, I, I guess. Of- that's what I was wondering too. Like, uh, the, I haven't used them, so I don't really know 100%. But the dependability on them, like, are they super dependable? Uh, do they work? Or is there a history of leaking? And that's another thing too. If it leaks, do you have to just cut it out and repipe it and repress it? Yeah, with the RLS, if it leaks, you got to cut it out. But the good thing about them is they stand behind it. So if you have a fitting that leaks, you can send it to them. And if it's deemed it was a fitting issue, they'll, they'll take care of you. But if it's deemed it was an installation issue, it's on you. So. Yeah. But I mean, it's pretty. As long as you deburr it, you mark it, you clean it, and you know you follow the guidelines, it's it's pretty bulletproof, man. I haven't had any issues out of any of them. Like I said, unless besides the one I couldn't get fully seeded, and I sent it anyways, so that was yeah. shame on me. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. I, I've seen I've seen uh, like a picture that someone posted on. I think it was Instagram. I can't remember the account that posted. It was a refrigeration account, and they used a someone used a. Uh, uh, one of those fittings and they didn't seed it well they didn't do it well i don't think they deburred it and it was leaking and someone had came back and tried to braise around the, <laughs> like like the fitting yeah oh, man, that's it's good they <laughs> and yeah they say they'll pretty much disintegrate and you get heat, heat on them but i don't yeah. think i want to try it or find out so i wouldn't no i, I think you just get to cut it out and repipe it at that point <laughs> so have you uh done any dish machine repairs or anything yet um i've done a couple yeah uh it's not a i haven't done a, a whole lot a couple i had a couple of drain issues uh, i've had to replace a pump um like a water a wash pump on one real tight squeeze it was a i think it was a 22 inch wide i don't know if i'm supposed to say the the name um but okay, as long as we're not bad mouth it don't matter you it was a proprietary get- piece of equipment you already know who it is <laughs> so, but i had to track the pump down uh, that was a pain and there was i could only find one and uh but i got it replaced and that as far as that like just a few here and there you know i placed a disconnect leading into a dish machine um but as it stands right now we don't really have a whole lot but i think it's i think it's expanding because our customer base is expanding and so we're having a lot more customers ask about dish machines in lieu of and i think that one that i recently worked on they had called a service company that usually takes care of it and they were four weeks out i think and we were available that day. So I was like, sure, yeah, I'll go over there and take a look at it. And the pump just had that seal inside um, and it was just shooting water like crazy. And it, it worked its way into the body of the motor and it was just a huge mess, but that was just a pump replacement. And so, it, but I think since we're doing more and more, we're gonna be doing more and more. I like the dish machines. It's, it's, it sucks if you're wet, but find enough cardboard and it, it's different. I don't do it all the time. When I do it, I take I take some joy in because I enjoy all the different aspects. Like if I worked on the same thing over and over, uh, it, I couldn't do it. If I if yeah. I only did fryers, if I only did ovens, um, I couldn't do it. So that's why I like this job. It's it's always a variety. I'm all over the place. You're not working on the same thing. It's you can go into four different kitchens and work on four different completely things, and it's cool. So it works exactly. out well. For me. Sounds like you're the same way. You you like a variety. So I do. I I can't. I. I I've never liked working on one thing. I just kind of get bored a whole lot easier. And I feel like I, uh, you know, my mind goes, it goes a million miles an hour. So I need, you know, the change of scenery at work. Um, so if I'm working on the same pieces of, or, or the same piece of equipment constantly, it would just become so such a droll. 
So now that it, it can switch it up, especially with the kitchen equipment, you could work in a kitchen all day, work at four or five different kitchens and touch a totally different piece of equipment. Or even in the same kitchen, uh, you could work on four different pieces of equipment, same day, same kitchen, but completely different, but all, you know, cooking equipment. So, that, and I think that's, it's been, it's, and that's one of the reasons I loved it, you know, and, and I really like it is because I'm constantly seeing something different. I'm never kind of getting stuck, you know, and working on the same thing. And, you know, that's huge. And dishwasher, uh, you know, dish machines now that's adding to that. I, I used to kind of be nervous because I never worked on them, never really tore one apart. Um, but once you take it apart and you're working on it, I mean, it's kind of set up the same way. Um, just, you know, got controls, you know, got motors, um, drain, you know, water lines, solenoids, all that stuff. It's just, you know, you just got to read the schematic and look at how it's set up. And so I, I don't mind it. I know a lot of guys hate it because like you said, you get wet, but you put, I usually lay down cardboard and then like a plastic bag over top of that. And then I'm usually pretty good. Yeah. You got to learn to carry uh, extra uniforms. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is, that's what I do as well. So especially, right. uh, like fryers, like if you got any, 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 you know, clogged drain on a fryer, I always will have to bring out the extra uniform afterwards. No matter what. So I just usually dive right into those, take it apart, pump it out. Usually you get the grease all over you. And then, you know, people are like, what, what's that smell? I'm like, you don't want to know. I'm like, <laughs> kitchens. I was like, yeah. I was like, you still don't want to know what it is. Yep. My van, my van seats are ruined from grease and everything else. I sat in or got on me and, it's, it's like I got, I got home the other day and my daughter came, she's six. She came up, she hugged me real tight. And uh, she was like, I saw that she kind of got like a, like a stinky look on her face. And I was like, what's wrong? She's like, you smell like old French fries. <laughs> I usually do every day. So. Smell like money is what I tell my kids. <laughs> it's, that's the smell of money, kid. <laughs> so uh, what's the craziest piece of equipment you worked on lately? Um, probably, uh, recently probably uh blodgett bcx 14 combi oven combi uh, yeah we talked about with the water level sensor issues yep yeah that water level board that was probably that's pretty complex piece of equipment i and i haven't seen many blodgett combi ovens um and that's actually a location of ours that has four of those um so that was pretty that's a pretty the, the schematic on that thing was like the blueprint like it was that huge fold out piece of paper multiple so pages pretty, and stuff yeah yep yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty you, interesting, pretty complex. Once you open up a rationale uh, schematic, and it's like 10 pages, and like it tells you like where to look, what page, and like what it's, it's nuts. It's it's crazy. So, yeah, I was curious about that Blodgett because you know you reached out to me about it, and I hadn't worked on a Blodgett combi. We're a Blodgett rep. There's just not a ton of them around. And, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's been right at four years, and that's why I asked you if I had eyes because the ones I said had a tube, they're just an opaque tube, and then. It's trying to beam through there, and the water coming through just changed the color of the tube enough where it breaked the eye. So I wasn't sure if you had the eyes or if you had a float or, you know, probes or what. So, you know, there's yeah. all different kinds of ways to skin a cat. I mean, some of these ovens use floats. Some of them use probes. Some of them use eyes. It's it's crazy. You know, yeah. most of the ones I deal with anymore besides rationale are boilerless. So they have a spritzer. So it just it measures water pressure and sprays water into the blower wheel. So it's it's mm-hmm. crazy. So when you call and ask me, I'm I'm throwing stuff out there, and you're like, "What are you talking about eyes?" <laughs> I know you're like, "Does it have an optical eye?" And I was like, "I'm not sure, man. <laughs> Let me check." I was like, "Am I?" But now I had that mechanical float on it, not the probes, and that was linked to that board. So now that was I hadn't seen a whole lot of those. And then I looked up, like you said, like the optical eye, and I could see them on uh, our service manager 
Uh, he's been in the trade for a while and he works on big commercial industrial sized boilers. And I was like, you ever heard of an optical eye flow switch? He was like, oh, of course. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. So they would kind of like, you know, and I looked it up and I, I, I did see where some blodgets had them, but that one specifically is um, just that float, just that mechanical float. I think they did away with the eye because once that tube line scaled up a little bit or deteriorated, I think it just always read it's full of water. Probably, mm-hmm. you know, and the way those work is they have to fill and then flush in a certain amount of time or they won't heat because it thinks it's, there's an error. So once that tube got deteriorated or, you know, lime scaled up, it just, it wouldn't heat because it would always just throw an error code. So. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I guess when they work, they would work, but yeah, I feel like there's, there's a big room for error on those because of scale, any kind of, any, any kind of thing that would block that view or that beam of that eye would throw it off and not the unnecessary. Oh, I was working on it all the time, man. I was working on it all the time. I was so glad when I got rid of it. <laughs> yeah. Not even oh, yeah. Blogs, just, just that technology, the optical eye was just a nightmare. So, I mean, yeah. and that's the thing I didn't, I wasn't really aware that Blodgett um, had a whole lot of combi ovens just because I haven't seen many. And that service call came in as a Blodgett oven. And so I go there expecting, you know, just to pull up the Blodgett um, oven and I get there and it's the combi oven. I was like, oh man. And it was that water issue. It was just shooting water out of there. I was like, where is, <laughs> what is that? Yeah. You're like, why is there water coming out of this corner? I'm like, it's in the flow. You check your cellular, <laughs> your flow. Let's figure this out. So. I'm glad you got to figure it out. Get taken yeah. care of. We're actually that that board's actually back ordered though. I don't surprise uh, me. No, I think it's. I I contacted them and they're still waiting on their supplier to send them to their factory so they can send one. I have one on order, but we'll get it fixed. Luckily, they have three. They have a redundancy in there, so they have four all together. So now they're just down to three, and they have four rationale ovens too. Holy so they're kind of. Yeah, they have a huge amount of equipment in there. They're steaming a lot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. They they cook. I can't remember the, the amount of productivity they she said they do, but it's a ton. They also have a sixty uh, a sixty gallon kettle there too. Yeah, I like the old kettles, man. Have you done anything steam fed for a kettle or anything yet? Where it's steam line fed or? Um, I have. What did you say? So yours pretty much all self contained, where they heat themselves or? Yeah. That's mainly the ones I've the, the only kettles I've worked on so thus far are just self-contained, obviously gas or electrical. Um, we have I haven't touched any of the steam-fed ones. I, I don't know if any of our customers right now have those, but they're most popular of it, in like universities and hospitals and stuff. Will okay. have them, so they're okay. totally different beasts to work on. Um, I used to have a account where we did their dish machine. It was a big Hobart flight machine, and it was actually steam-fed heat. Oh wow. And you'd get holes in heat exchangers, and you'd walk by and you'd hear it whistling and just a real high pitched whistle, just be screaming. And you open the door and you just see steam coming out. It was oh. pretty crazy. And that's a Hobart steamer? No, it was a Hobart flight dish machine. It was steam fed okay. heat. So the tank had a heat exchanger, had a coil in there. So when it called for heat, it opened up a solenoid and let steam come in, and the steam heated the water. Oh, so okay. it, it, was, it was pretty nuts. So is that just fed off the boiler in the uh, It just fed off the buildings. So it's a big hospital, so they have their own steam plant. Okay. So they just pump steam throughout for heat and everything else, and they just use that to heat the water, too, in the, in the dish machine. But they also had some steam-jacketed kettles. So um, they were they had some big ones and they had some little ones. Little ones were mounted on, like, a counter, and the mm-hmm. trunnions would go bad. The trunnion is just a seal and a bearing in the arms where it tilts, mm-hmm. and it steam out the side, and you just shut steam down to that thing and pull the arms off and 
put new trunnions and new bearings and stuff in there, seals, put it back together. So I wasn't sure if you do any of that kind of stuff yet. It's it's amazing the stuff you run to into a kitchen eventually. Yeah, I, and I, and I've already seen like a whole lot. Of, uh, we're, we're not there yet. Most of the stuff we do is, um, I mean, we have some food banks um, and and restaurants, and that's mostly what we're doing. We haven't um, expanded out into like hospitals. I mean, we have quite a few hospitals and nursing homes and stuff like that around here. But I think uh, I think you guys actually take care of a lot of the hospitals down here that I've seen. So. Yeah, I'm not sure what we do down there. Um, I know there's, they're they're hiring some techs down there. Uh, I don't know. I wish I could hire some techs up in my area, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's a little rough. But what's I'm the sure tech what... market like up there? Is it slim or? Oh, it, yeah, slim picking is like it, if I could find young guys out of high school and spend six months of a year training them, I'd do it. So mm-hmm. I have a trainee now. He's 19. He'll be 20 in a couple weeks. I should know, I guess, but. Um, he's my son, but he, uh, <laughs> he's been with us for six weeks, I think now, six, seven weeks. And, um, he's going to be with riding with me or another senior tech for six plus months. I mean, we may turn him loose doing some basic part hangers and troubleshooting and stuff like that, but we've committed to really spending six months to a year and making sure he's well versed and, you know, he's had every chance he can to succeed. So that's mm-hmm. uh, pretty much my path right now is I'd rather take young guys that want to learn and pump them out but the thing is we had some younger guys that have worked for us and they can't handle the hours mm. but instead of talking to you about it they just quit i'm like you need to talk to us if you talk to us we can work with you you know you just quitting and not explaining the reason you're you know why you're quitting or why you want to quit it's like that's that's not fair to us i mean we'll mm. work with you if you talk to us but because you need to know what you can fix so you can fix it as opposed yeah, to mean, someone just quitting yeah, I mean, during the week, if you're on call, I mean, they're not expecting you to crank out 55, 60 hours, 50 hours. I mean, when you're on call, it is what it is. You just got to do what you got to do. But during the week, I mean, 45 generally, you know, is a decent sticky point for a lot of guys. Not me, but uh, a lot of guys yeah. get 45 hours a week, they're happy. I mean, that's fine. I mean, you can do, you know, nine-hour days, eight-hour days, nine-hour days, whatever you want to do, but. Not me, man. I want to leave at five in the morning and get home five at night, get my twelve in, and see what I can do. Dude, I feel like you work every day. It's like you're always posting Saturday, Sunday, like work. I'm like, dude, you're not even on call. <laughs> no, no I, I'll work Saturdays, not on call. Um, I'll work Sundays, not on call. I didn't work this weekend because it was opening weekend of hunting season, and I didn't even hunt. I worked in the barn all weekend, trying to get this oh, okay. office and stuff built. So I got my loft put in. Well, about half of it, but. Um, I get a good start on it, but no, I work every chance I get. I'm, I like money. I like doing dumb stuff. So, so I, this is the first weekend I've had off in about a month. I think I've been doing, uh, we've had some PMs we need to catch up on, uh, kitchen PMs and just service calls that came in. Uh, you know, you, you know how it goes. A call coming Friday night for kitchen. Like I'll run it in the morning. You go, you run that one more, come in and then you end up working Sunday too. So this is the, my first two day weekend I've had off and in a while so same here same here i was uh i ready to get i wanted to go hunting but i need to get stuff done so getting stuff done kind of was a little higher on the list it's, it's, it was only opening weekend so i got uh three months ago so i'm good on that <laughs> what do you is it is it gun hunt season or bow no or? uh indiana is archery from start to finish so october 1st is the opener and indiana has a couple arch has a couple of gun seasons they have a like a rifle gun season like over the Thanksgiving holiday weekend, and then there's another one. It's like a muzzleloader season, a late muzzleloader season. 
Oh, okay. Is that like the musket thing? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, they're pretty crazy. I, I have a muzzle loader. I can shoot like 300 yards accurately. So it's. Oh my it's, God. Nice. Yeah. So as long as it loads through the muzzle, it, it can be pretty crazy anymore. So. Yeah. That's my brother. He had a muzzle loader gun when we were in high school. And I think it was crazy. It looked like a, like a, like a George Washington gun. Like you had to like back it down, but it was, it was pretty cool, but he never hunted with it. He got it as a gift. And I think he still has it hanging up. <laughs> that's cool so uh what do you like to do outside of work i've seen uh, you like to travel and i see you always take pictures of your wife and kids so i know you're doing other stuff yeah mainly uh hanging out with the kids right now i have three pretty little ones um so most of the time we'll we'll hang out like you know go baseball games we got a minor league baseball team here um you know mainly just pretty much whatever whatever the, the kids want to do is mainly what I'm doing right now. I mean, we'll hang out. You know, me and my wife will go out uh, every other weekend, every chance we get. Um, we'll do some date nights. And, you know, I guess that and baseball games and hanging out with the kids and seeing what's going on. Yeah, it's a yeah. pretty busy area down there. There's a lot of stuff to do down in the Jeffersonville, Louisville area. It's, it's always something going on. Boat races or fireworks. There's always, you know, baseball games. So it seems like a pretty cool little area. I've, I've only been down there a couple of times. I drive through there quite often, you know, traveling for work and other stuff, but it seems like it's always a pretty busy little city. It is. And there, there's a lot of stuff to do for your family. And then also, um, like, you know, me, when me and my wife go out, there's a ton of stuff to do here too. Um, <clears throat> so I think we, you know, uh, well, we're actually, we might be going to AHR in February. Please. If we don't do that, Please. we're probably, we'll probably still be traveling somewhere around that time too. Uh, but I'm thinking about AHR would be pretty cool. An excuse, it's, you know. It's it's in Atlanta, but. It's a blast. So I still haven't booked my room, shame on me. I don't know if my wife's going to get a hotel, if we're going to do an Airbnb or what we're going to do. Um, yeah. I actually just secured a podcast spot, so I'll be on a podcast pavilion. I got Wednesday towards the end of the day, but I can't complain because I had no idea it was even open yet. And the next thing I know, it was yeah. closed. It was full. So I managed to squeak a spot in there. So I, I know I'm going to do some work with some other people that are going to be there so I can jump on theirs and hang out with them. So, but it's a blast, man. It's, it, it was, it was twofold. So you get to meet all the social media people, like all the guys will be there, all the, you know, the big accounts you see. Um, so you get to meet all those guys and don't do like I did. When I first got there, I was shy. I was like, man, you know, I thought these guys is like special or celebrities and like, they want to take pictures of you. They want to interact with you. Like I've had guys, like I introduced myself like, Oh, do I follow you? I was like, no, I follow you. They're like, oh, find your name. They give me their phone. I find my name. They click follow and hit the bell. I'm like, holy cow. I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> I was like starstruck. Um, but, if, I mean, if you go, if you go and you can swing it, check out the um, AHR Tactical, the HVAC Tactical Awards at HR. That was a fun night. Um, it's a Sunday before everything kicks off. This year it's going to be a black tie event. Um, they give uh, people who are nominated for awards. They have an award ceremony, dinner, drinks. Um, they give out a swag bag. I'm not sure what they're going to have this year. Last year, everybody got these pretty sweet backpacks and all kinds of stuff. So um, if that's something you're interested in swinging, um, check it out. If not, I mean, it, the, the whole AHR thing in general is just – it's huge. It's You can find tool reps, companies. Now, there's not any companies that sell equipment there like what we're used to as far as kitchen stuff. But, you know, there's companies there, all the manufacturers of tools – uh, coils, all different kinds of stuff. You can just walk around for two days lost. But, I mean, you just – everyone has free stuff. There's happy hours that pop up at the end of the day. It, it was an absolute wild time. 
That's awesome. Yeah, I saw, I saw the pictures in like the condensed videos of it. Um, it looks pretty cool. And that's that's probably the coolest and the biggest selling point is like all the free stuff you get. Everybody loves all the free stuff. Oh, yeah. I came home. Well, when I went to Vegas, I, I flew. We flew out there and I took the biggest suitcase I had and put another suitcase inside it. So when we got back, I had one suitcase that was full of swag and stuff I sent back. <laughs> yeah. And you can was, use it for giveaways and, too, uh, and stuff too, though. Yeah. So, I mean, but it's cool. You get a network and you can, you know, there's companies you can talk to you about, you know, working with you and stuff. And um, there's always after parties at the end of the day, you know, different organizations, different companies will have an after party or something or dinner and, you know, you pick up invitations, that kind of stuff. So it, it's really a cool event and you can market yourself there. So. Mm-hmm. it was a blast so but no if you're definitely down i'd if you talk your wife into it it's i mean it's atlanta so there's other things you can do but we're gonna go down i think the saturday before and i think we're gonna come back thursday just because i secured that spot on wednesday so i'll make sure i want to stay all the way through wednesday and just see everything yeah i was we were thinking about going there and i was also thinking about going to the um the the nra in chicago the restaurant one not the gun one yeah nra <laughs> is cool it's it's I'll definitely be there. I'm trying to talk in our aim to do some things. So if it works out, I'll make a big post about it. I don't know if they'll do it. So I'm waiting on the hero back reply email, but um, just tons of manufacturing for all the equipment. If you leave hungry, you screwed up because they're just cooking food everywhere you go. Yeah, I heard they had the robots last time. Like yeah, Middleby had all the robots there um, cooking fries and doing stuff. I'm sure there'll be awesome. even more robots next year. It's that's a, that's a huge market that's developing right now. Um, yeah. Yeah, we actually had a panel on it at Cefesa about robots and the direction of servicing them and that kind of stuff. And I figured it'd be more hands-on repairs, but they may sound like, oh, just, you know, whatever's wrong with it, just swap that arm out, put a new arm on, send it back, we'll take care of it. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like no, that's not, that's not the end route. I mean, that may be under warranty, but that, that's not if it's going to be the entire time they own this robot. So yeah. we'll see. That's crazy that that's already, like, making its way into the industry, like robotics. Yeah. It's big right now. Um, parent company of like uh, what? What's the name? Aspire Brands. So it's like Buffalo Wild Wings and Arby's. They've got a bunch of those robots I'm testing. I guess already. Oh, nice. That's yeah, crazy. we'll see. It's kind of weird. I've talked to people that have worked on them, and they said that like the fryers are like in plexiglass, so you can't even access them, so you can't get in the way of the robot. So I'm like, mm-hmm. well, how do you work on the same if it breaks? And like, we don't know. It's like, what do you know? We haven't got there. Like, that's like, for us to figure out when we get there. <laughs> like, I gotta take a stupid arm off the fryer and work on it. <laughs> that's the service tech's fault. That's that's our job when we get there to figure out how to work on it. Yeah, that's it's it's funny. It's just every day. It's no, just figure it out. Okay. Yep. I guess you get paid right. to figure things out. I always tell everybody that it was broken. I got here, and they just look at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, what? It was. <laughs> that's why I'm here. Hmm. So, what's your favorite thing to work on right now? Um, probably, um, I go through phases, I guess. Probably, uh, I don't know, combi ovens have been cool. Um, kind of getting into that more and more just because they, uh, they were kind of, they're, they're still intimidating. Um, but I, I think there's just so much to them and they're so interesting and every, every one of them's built a little bit differently. Um, so, you know, I, I, I've, been requesting more and more of those so when the combi ovens come in um typically they'll send them to me just so i can get my hands on them more often and uh flat top griddles man that's the that's my number one favorite uh, 
The Canes, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, the Ecustines. Those things yeah. are crazy. I had that one I did the startup on. It was all bent up, man. And I don't know. Someone went out there and I don't know if they changed the, they didn't change the grill, but they fixed it. I don't know how they fixed it, but hmm. I went back to do okay. a – I did a startup, and I found that one broke. It was kind of like beat up. I was like, this would make no sense. But they wanted me to do another startup before they opened up. So I went back out there. And I was like, it was fixed, but it still had my sticker on there. And I was like, I don't know how they fixed it, but whatever. It was damaged. Yeah, so it looked like the middle of the the plate was bent down. So you know they have those little those little uh, channels you got to loosen up. You pop down and the front drops down. Mm-hmm. So that channel was bent so bad, and the frame was bent down. You couldn't get that channel off, drop the panel down. Oh, so I literally okay. had to bend that channel out and break it to get it out. And then I stick a screwdriver behind it. I could pry that bottom panel out so I could check and draw stuff. And I put it back together. And I sent the factory all kinds of pictures and stuff and. Like I said, I went back, and it wasn't bent no more. It still had my sticker on there, so I knew it didn't get replaced. I don't know what they did. Hmm. Did they send out, I guess, a factory rep? factory probably did, because it was just Bloomington, Indiana, so it was like a three-hour drive from their plant. There's, and that's what I was at. Because they're, they're in Fort Wayne, aren't they? Accusteens? Yeah, they're in Fort Wayne. Okay. I was thinking, I was wondering if they do, like, classes or anything. It'd be cool to go see Yeah, they have I don't know how much they have. Um you can probably get on their website and probably email somebody. They can probably help you out with that. Yeah, because we we I mean every every Canes has one of those. Uh, they're pretty neat. They're they're a lot more intricate than you would think. You would you think it's just a flat top griddle until you read that schematic and that you know service manual. You're like, wait, there's freaking water in this thing. As long as it never pops that pop off, it pops that pop off. You might as well throw it away. Oh, you're done at that point. We we had one. The guy said it popped the pop off, but they fixed it. I'm like no, you didn't. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I mean, you're not it's supposed gonna, to. It's gonna be a headache from there. I wouldn't mess yeah. with it. Um, Cause you got to weld it back. You'd have to weld that back on, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't. You had one that was just cooking pretty off. Did you ever get back and fix that? Finish that up, or? Um. Yeah, I replaced the uh, the probe and the thermostat. Uh, I was thinking that thermostat was out of calibration, but according to tech support, they want you to change them both. So I went nice. ahead and swapped both out. Um, there's the RTD sensor and the thermostat. And uh, I turned it back on, and it was, you know, it did what it was supposed to. Nice. So that, and that's what they said, future reference, do both. I don't know if that's just like a CYA thing they were telling me or if they just want you to change it. Well, they, as they said, your RTD sensor, a new one. I'm trying to think how he worded it, but the new RTD sensor you put on would cause the thermostat to further go out of calibration. Hmm. So. So I just went ahead and did both, whatever they sent me. So that works. <laughs> so have you seen any of their, any of their steamers or anything they have, Accutent? Um, I have not. The only ones that I've seen are the the griddles. So they have a pretty cool steamer. I don't, know if I don't know if they still make it anymore, but it has. They used to make one that had a vacuum pump in it. Oh wow! You pull the side off, and there's a vacuum pump in there. So what happens is it's pulling in a vacuum the entire time it's trying to steam, and then once mm-hmm. it it starts steaming, it creates enough pressure from the steam that the vacuum pump can't keep up and it actually activates the switch and that's how it knows the temperature. It's pretty it's pretty wild how it works, but it's got an actual vacuum pump in there. So what? that's awesome. Even, I haven't seen those. I haven't seen one in a while, but it was pretty cool the way they worked. And that's a kettle you say? Or just or no, a, that's steamer? a steamer? A steamer cabinet, yep. Oh. Like uh, Applebee's maybe used to have them. I can't remember. I know some nursing homes and schools had them, but yeah, I actually had a little vacuum pump in there. Biggest issue would be like the hoses would rot. Mm-hmm. It's air or the um, 
there was like little suction cups on the door that closed, held the door closed, that kind of stuff. They go bad, so it wouldn't close the door off very well. Okay, that's pretty neat. No, I haven't seen those. I haven't seen a whole lot of their equipment, just their their griddles, which are, I mean, they're cool. They're they're, they're cool to work on, and it's cool that they're local ish. Yeah, just up in Fort Wayne, so yeah, representing for the Hoosiers. That's a Hoosier yeah, product right there, man. Well, Lincoln used to be made up in Fort Wayne too. So Lincoln conveyor ovens. Um, okay, they're in Chicago now. That's Middleby, right? Uh, no, Lincoln's part of a uh, Ollie Group Mantwalk. So they're, I think they're over in Cleveland area now, is where they're made at. Okay, yeah, you're right. That is now because now the Lincolns have the well-built logo on the pieces now. Yeah, you used to be able to just drive up to the factory and get parts years ago. Yeah. Man, I'm still getting my uh, tail kick from sinuses. Yeah, it's been bad, man, because it's. It was. I'm sure it's been the same up there, but it was pretty warm, and then we got pretty cold, and now we're warmish again, and it's just going to get yeah. cold again. So, well, I left here and went to Nashville, and everybody was in Nashville. got sick, but I tested negative three times, so I wasn't, so I didn't get that bug. But my science just kicked my butt, and now it's like up in my ears and driving me nuts. I probably sound like crap, but it is what it is. Gotta <laughs> get this stuff out, man. I can't wait any longer. No, I feel that, man. It's it's that time of the year. So, uh. How, what do you think about uh, tearing apart nasty fryers? You know any fry pot changeouts or anything yet? Um, I haven't done any fry pot changeouts. Um, I, from what I've heard, we unless it's warranty or unless we're handling a warranty, um, probably just opt to replace the fryer. I, I've heard just cost of labor and just because we have a guy that works here, he's been doing it for about twenty five years, and um, he's that's his train of thought is if it's cracked fry pot just swap out the fryer because <laughs> it's a i know that's an overnight job that's a big deal but so i haven't done one yet i mean i'm not opposed to doing it but i haven't done one yet yeah we always give the customer the option so you know yeah. if it's, it's been like a lot of those fry pots have a seven to ten year warranty on for the manufacturer so you gotta take oh, that wow. consideration. yeah so but if i change a fry pot i'm changing I'm, I'm putting in a new thermostat a new high limit i do it all new it's like I always try to explain to my customer, well, you wouldn't put a new motor in your car and put the old spark plugs back in it, would you? Yeah, for sure. And then they understand it when you explain it that way. I'm like, okay, so. But, yeah, if I put a new fry pod in, it's getting all new probes, all new high limits. Everything's going to be new. Um, I'm not trying to save 120 bucks by reusing a high limit and then it's broke or whatever. So. Yeah, that's probably the best train of thought, too, because if you replace all that, and then you got a service call and a high limit, you know, a week later on a Saturday, it sucks when you've already had that thing torn apart. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, we're approaching an hour. I don't want to keep you too long on a Sunday. I know you want to spend some time with the wife and kids. So um, how about you tell everybody where they can find you if you want them to find you? If not, you don't have to tell them anything, but <laughs> I think it's pretty good. And I'm sure you're going to start putting more out there. So let everybody know where they can find you at. Yeah, so I'm on uh, Instagram. I think it's Dusty Leroy. I believe it's D-U-S-T-Y-L-E-E-R-O-Y. Um, and I've, I think I have some kitchen stuff on there. I've been posting. I need, I've been so busy, I haven't posted a whole lot. So um, I will be posting more. And I may make a separate Instagram account just for, you know, uh, content like that. Um, that way we can have, you know, I can join you in the, in, the, in the ranks of the commercial kitchen equipment Instagram people. We can kind of start a following there. Yeah, there's, there's a few of us that are starting to get some, uh, some uh, traction. So, and I got a potential mm -hmm. co-host maybe coming on. I got to talk to him some more, but he's pretty interested. So I may have a co-host coming up. And okay. <clears throat> I appreciate you coming on, man. And um, thanks for everything. And everybody check him out. Uh, give him a follow. And I'm sure more just come. So take care, everybody.
For sure, man. Appreciate it. Yep. See you. Thanks, man.